Hello, everybody. It's Jason Dinosenko here. I'm a partner in the financial services practice in Australia with Ellen and Overy. And today I'm joined by Christopher Scarf and Vivian Liu, two of the lawyers in my team. And we're here to talk to you about the latest updates in relation to Australia's Foreign Financial Service Providers Licensing Arrangements, or FFSPs as we call them. And so the way we're going to do this is walk through some current topical issues and Vivian and Chris are going to chat us through the state of play. So with that, I might hand to Chris uh, to take us through the latest in terms of these FFSP arrangements. Thanks, Jason. It is quite a mouthful there, FFSPs. Say that five times in a row. Um, Essentially, for a while now, um, there have been two main exemptions which FFSPs can rely on. The first one is the sufficient equivalence relief, which essentially means that if you are regulated by your regulator in another jurisdiction, which ASIC considers to be sufficiently equivalent or sufficiently similar to the regime in Australia that ASIC oversees, then you don't need an AFSL. Relying on sufficient equivalence relief is a relatively light touch process and only requires registration with ASIC with some basic information required, signing some forms that essentially where you submit, where the FFSP submits to the exclusive jurisdiction of Australia, permits information sharing between regulators, etc. I might just jump in there, Chris. So just on that, so the sufficient equivalence relief, we sometimes refer to that as the passporting relief as well. Is that correct? Yeah, that's also known as the passporting relief. It's done through class orders, so some people call it class order relief as well. Fantastic. Okay. And so what was the other relief you were going to mention? Another relief that has commonly been relied upon up until this point and still at the moment, is the what's known as the limited connection relief. So that limited connection relief, there's an odd aspect of Australia's regulation that basically means that some people who are otherwise don't you know, operate in Australia are caught by Australia's regulatory regime purely because even though they're entirely offshore, they're inducing wholesale clients in Australia to essentially give financial services to those wholesale clients in Australia. And this relief was meant to deal with that, to basically prevent people from needing to obtain an AFSL just if they were caught by this sort of odd, almost extraterritorial provision. Um, There's no registration or notification to ASIC to rely on this relief. And I think that is probably one of the key reasons as to why they've been looking at essentially amending this uh, regime because I don't think they really had, or it, it came out in consultation papers, that they didn't have an adequate understanding of how many foreign entities were providing financial services into Australia, relying on this relief. And they were a bit concerned by that because they essentially had absolutely no oversight. There's been, just to finish it off, there's been a number of consultations and permutations over the last six or so years that consultation process, we almost had this finalised two years ago. However, then there was another consultation process um, and it now finally feels like some changes will be implemented. 
but I wouldn't, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't guarantee it just yet because we have been here before. We had draft legislation. We thought the foreign AFSL and the funds management relief were going to be implemented, but they ended up being um, shafted. So that's sort of the current state of play at the moment. Well, thanks for that, Chris. Um, I might turn to Vivian and ask, what are some of the proposed changes that have come out of this most recent consultation? Thanks, Jason. For the recent changes, we're seeing a new proposed exemption called the Comparable Regulator Exemption. This is intended to replace the existing sufficient equivalence relief that Chris has touched on earlier. It is largely similar to the existing regime, but there will be an additional notification requirement on FFSPs wishing to rely on this. They must notify ASIC of its intention to rely on this, and in relying on this exemption, they will need to comply with certain conditions, including consenting to information sharing between ASIC and the comparable regulator. In addition to the current relief, there will be additional countries and regulators that are being recognised. Currently, the regulators are recognised in the US, the UK, Singapore, Hong Kong and Germany. In addition to this, under the new relief... Denmark, Sweden, Ontario and France will also be recognised. I think I'll also just add in, you may have mentioned that Luxembourg as well is there too as a regulator. And I think it's probably also important to note it's only some regulators in some of those jurisdictions. So in the US, it's if you're regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Federal Reserve or the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. Uh, It's not every regulator and um, it's the same in in France. It's the AMF and the uh, prudential regulator as well. Right. So going forward, is that going to be the only jurisdictions that ASIC and regulators that ASIC will recognise going forward? No. So this is subject to ongoing review and the ASIC will be able to assess additional jurisdictions and the minister will have power to declare them. Okay. So largely the status quo, although there's some more expanded jurisdictions coming into play and going forward, if there is a case or a good case for further jurisdictions to be added, it sounds like there'll be scope to do so in a regime to take that forward. What about the professional investor exemption? Chris, did you want to chat to that? Sure. So essentially, in addition to the limited connection and sufficient equivalence relief, there was another exemption that was in the corporation's regulations that was colloquially known as the professional investor exemption, uh, which essentially allowed financial services providers to provide financial services to professional investors in Australia, but only in respect to certain financial products such as derivatives, certain securities, carbon products, etc., This sat in the regulations and they have decided now to essentially codify it and create its own standalone proper exemption or relief. They're also going to tighten up the regulation around it. So you will still be able to provide financial services to professional investors, which are a subset of wholesale clients, and it will permit limited marketing visits for up to 28 days per year 
Um, this is on an entity basis. This, in addition to that, there are other rules around the fact that the services that can be provided by the foreign financial services provider must not breach any law in the foreign financial services provider's principal place of business, where their head office is, or where the services are provided from. And since the existing professional investor exemption, the exemption has been narrowed to protect retail investors and will not apply to financial services and products specified in the regulations, which essentially uh, they haven't specified yet what exactly will be included and not included, but it's aimed at not applying to certain financial products tradable on licensed markets. So really it's aimed at protecting retail clients. Okay, great. That's really helpful. Thanks, Chris. So, Vivian, I understand there's a third potential exemption, the market maker exemption. Are you able to talk to us a little bit about that one? Yeah, sure. So, this market maker exemption is a new exemption. There are currently no existing exemptions which cover this for FFSPs. Under the new proposed exemption, FFSPs will not need to hold an AFSL to make a market in derivatives which are traded on a prescribed market. This will only be available when an offshore person is making a market in derivatives which are able to be traded on a licensed market and the provider's head office and principal place of business will be located outside of Australia. They also must ensure that they're providing the same or substantially the same financial services from their home jurisdiction. Thank you. So really we're talking about three new forms of exemption potentially being introduced. And in terms of, I guess, some practical questions about how to operate under those exemptions, Chris, will notification be required to ASIC in relation to any or all of those? Thanks, Jason. Yes, so for all of the new exemptions, you will now need to notify ASIC that you're relying on them. So this is a departure from the prior relief, such as the limited connection relief, which you could just satisfy yourself that you fit the criteria and then rely on it. And that will also involve you'll commit to giving ASIC reasonable assistance, consenting to the non-exclusive jurisdiction of Australian courts, uh, consenting to comply with directions from ASIC, notifying ASIC of a change in contact details, and somewhat importantly, compliance with the efficiently, honestly, and fairly requirements which apply to all Australian financial services licensees. Thank you. All right. So as we know, but some of the listeners may not be aware, there was a foreign financial services license regime introduced, which was another variation on some of the themes we've been talking about. And the foreign financial services license was a less onerous form of Australian financial services license. I don't think many market participants actually obtained one of those, but uh, Vivian, what's going to happen to the foreign AFSL uh, as part of these proposed reforms? It is currently unclear and hasn't been specifically addressed, but Entities that have been granted a foreign AFSL will be able to continue to operate under that licence, but it's expected that those who haven't will be required to transition to the new exemptions that are available. And Chris, what about 
the relief we used to refer to as the, or know as the limited connection relief that people used to rely on prior to these reforms being introduced? So the limited connection relief will cease to apply. Uh, anyone relying on that will need to re-evaluate what relief they might rely on or what uh, license they'll obtain. Thank you. And in terms of timing, uh, we're currently approaching Christmas at the end of 2023. So where do we go from here and uh, what about those who currently have relief, Vivian? Assuming that the changes are legislated, we are expecting that the new exemptions will come into force on 1 April 2024. And by that point, everyone will need to start to comply with the new regime. With potentially, I guess, a transition period running through to April 25. Yes. Got it. Okay. So there's, at this stage at least, assuming these reforms do come into effect, uh, we'll be looking at almost, but not quite, almost uh, an 18-month transition period. Right. And what do we think about decisions about getting relief now, waiting till the new relief comes into effect? Um, How do people assess their options as part of I guess, the current uncertainty while we wait for these reforms to be implemented. Chris? Well, our suggestion would probably be to continue monitoring the situation and waiting until the new regime is in force, considering it should be coming shortly. However, if they need to, they can always contact us and we can sort of advise them uh, on the current situation um, if there's been any updates if they want to be kept up to date with the changes in the FFSP space, then they are certainly welcome to join our mailing list and we email people when there are changes. Great. So for the time being, until we see further law reform, it is possible to apply for some of the existing relief. Yeah, it is. That's correct. That's great. Well, thanks very much, Chris. Thanks very much, Vivian. And hopefully that sheds some light on the various ups and downs we've had along the way through this law reform process, which has now been going on for six to seven years now and looks like it will continue for another 18 months or so. 